So, Greg, uh, Cisco has purchased Viptela, which is big news in the SD-WAN market. Uh, Mm -hmm. You and I have both had a lot of thoughts about this. We've been going back and forth in our Slack channel, uh, chatting with each other about the implications. You'd written up a thing. I said, hey, let's do point-counterpoint. Then I read your thing and went, actually, there's no counterpoint. I pretty much agree with everything (laughs) that you had said. We're thinking along the same lines. So uh, so give us some high-level thoughts here. Well, now we'll have to argue. <laughs> I'll find something. I'll find a way to so, argue with you. <laughs> see, you'd think that Cisco bought Viptela, and I thought that Viptela sold itself to Cisco. But- <laughs> <laughs> That's not an unfair way to look at it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I suspect that the truth is actually a bit of a mix in there. So um, some interesting things about that. Obviously, the first is that Cisco admits that it can't buy it can't its own strategy its internal strategy for doing software to find when probably isn't working and, and right and we're talking about the iwan product there and this isn't news yeah. in the sense that we've been hearing this for a long time i've in fact have heard this from cisco employees that have told me that tele is eating our lunch no that goes yeah. back a ways they're losing sales mm-hmm. so from that standpoint yeah. not surprising that cisco would say fine if so, Tella's eating our lunch can't beat them join them let's get them that's right so now the question here is did Cisco buy – there's a very small chance here that Cisco bought Viptela just to take them out of the game. Right? No, so, I don't – okay. I, mean, it's, I agree, small right? chance. Just something to think about, right, is that if somebody's eating your lunch and, you know, you're in the middle of a $12 billion a year market, your enterprise routing and switching business is, you know, $12 billion a year, then $600 million to take out a competitor who's taking down your market share and your high profit margins, then maybe that's good money. Well, I think six hundred million was uh, was th- th- that number itself is worth talking about because it feels low to me. Like I don't know that I was expecting a billion dollars uh, for a company like Viptela because there's some question of the long term viability of the SD WAN market. And as you extend mm. this out five plus years, what actually becomes of SD WAN tech? But still, six hundred million feels like maybe a bargain. It certainly seems less than what we were expecting. I mean, they took a round of funding six months ago, which valued them at over a billion dollars. And I do wonder um, if, you know, something's gone wrong there. So I speculate we can cut down when we talk down about pricing and money. I suspect that the price is possibly more based that actually Viptel is so successful. And it's growing fast that it needs a lot of cash to sustain that growth. So stay, stick with me here, right? If you're growing 30, 40, 50% per quarter, you need to be hiring salespeople at a very fast clip. You need to be – Viptela has a range of hardware, so it needs to be ordering hardware to put into the warehouse to fund to be ready to ship to customers, right? And it's very hard to predict how much hardware you're going to need, right? Mm. Uh, so you need a lot of cash. And then, you know, if you're growing that fast, you need to be hiring uh, a little a ver- a veritable army of salespeople and you have to pay them for months before you actually start getting a return there. And even after you've got the salespeople on the ground, you're still looking like three months for the salespeople to come up to speed and then six months before they start closing deals. It, yeah, and then longish, a longish sales cycle. I mean, I would just argue that the hardware that they got a stock isn't anything exciting. It's x86-based hardware. So if, from that standpoint, yeah, but it doesn't mm-hmm. really cost to, to put uh, – to stock several thousand of these units uh, out there that they're going to use for termination, mm. uh, circuit termination. So it's not – I don't know. I, but but yes, but, you know this is not ten million, twenty million. This is tens of millions going up to hundreds of millions of cash that you have to find. And if you haven't got it, you have to say to, you have to slow down your sales cycle, and then you lose the momentum, and then the competitors can enter the market. So 
if I was an investor, I'd be looking at that growth and uh, Viptela would be going back to its investors and saying, we need more cash to fund growth at this rate. And these people might be looking around going like, um, where am I going to find that cash? Does that make sense? Yeah. Yes, that is one uh, possible. You know, they settled for six hundred million because it, uh, you know, it, it, it sustains the business and so on. But, well, the people who fund them ultimately define who gets what. Yes. So, if the people who, you know, the venture capitalists who funded Viptela to this point, and Cisco rocks up with a pretty good return, they might just say, "I don't have a hundred million, or don't want to put another fifty to a hundred million into this company. I can get a fast exit and put that back into my fund and get a return." They might have chosen that for that reason. And there you go right there, fast exit. You know, This is the sure bet. We don't know what the SD-WAN market is going to look like over the next few years. So from a VC perspective, let's get out now. This is good enough. We'll have a good return and mm-hmm. you know, hooray, you know, we've won. So let's, right. let's move the conversation ahead to do we think that Viptela's technology is a good match for Cisco environments and then you know, how would Cisco actually leverage what Viptela has built? Um, so uh, let me give you a, you know, a quick take here on this. You know, from what we know of studying a lot of the entrants in this space, Viptela has some of the more, perhaps the most advanced technology uh, within the SD-WAN competitive space. So they've built their own routing distribution protocol that goes across their cloud. Uh, their, you know, the, the SD-WAN cloud you would build with Viptela, they support multi-tenancy. They support uh, routing at the edge, BGP, OSPF. Um, they support, they have a rich policy language. They have a very good GUI and so on. And I think you, you can see it a couple of ways. You can see, one, it's pretty easy to integrate Viptela to with whatever your network is uh, today just based on that. You know, Two, if you have a complex environment with complex needs, again, like multi-tenancy with unique policies per uh, tenant, then mm. the, you can do that with Cisco kind of stuff and you can mm-hmm. now match that up with, uh, with Viptela stuff. So that seems to be a, a mate. And then if you think about Viptela in a virtual form factor, I think there's a play there to put Viptela onto a Cisco router and have it be become yep. a tightly integrated solution. Mm. And I see it a little bit differently. I see uh, Viptela was very much an L3, L4 with L7 behind it. So what I mean by that is Viptela was very focused on the routing path and managing packets and stuff uh, with some L7, you know, obviously some application recognition. But if you compare Viptela's approach with, say, Silverpeak or Riverbed or Velocloud, mm-hmm. you know, or Talari those companies had a very different approach. So Silverpeak and Riverbed are very much coming at it from a level seven coming down type of thing, very deep on the inspection, you know, integrated Active Directory authentication, that sort of stuff. Whereas Viptela was very much like we can scale to thousands of sites. And I believe the rumors I've heard is that there are actually customers out there with more than 5,000 sites active on Viptela today. Whereas if you're coming at it from an L7 sort of a way, your ability to scale is – somewhat more limited like in for the same reason that a WAN accelerator uh, you know when you build WAN acceleration you don't get to thousands of sites because you're doing all that heavy load the a lot of the the SD-WAN solutions are sometimes limited to a few hundred sites max if you know what I'm saying 
So which, I think which case in point, I mean, that all with that sort of scale that plays very well into Cisco's hands. They have sites from small to extremely large, and now they can position a highly manageable and highly scalable SD WAN solution at any of their customers that they want. Mm-hmm. And Viptela's got the cloud part, which so Viptela has a the opportunity to run the controller as your local. You can put it on your own site and run it internally, or you can connect directly to their cloud, or you can actually have a hybrid of it where you plug your devices in, they'll call home on the internet, and then point to your installation of the Viptela controller, and then boom, you've got zero touch provisioning uh, without anything to do. Does that make sense? Because Viptela. Hmm. When it ships from the factory, it's actually registers with the Viptela cloud solution and says this belongs to this company. When it pops up, just divert them off to this controller. So, which the the APIC EM installation for IWAN was a bit more complex than that. Um, mm-hmm. You know, as I recall, having seen you know, some of the steps of getting getting an IWAN router stood up and then managed by APIC EM, a, a bit more complex to make that happen and get policy pushed out, etc. Oh, uh, that would be like the Cisco's plug and play. Uh, uh, guide I read the other day that was 38 pages long. <laughs> <laughs> 38 and, pages and, for plug and play. That seems like someone missed the memo there. <laughs> yeah, but it was quite, you know, the, there was four pages just dedicated to telling you the eight things that you needed to buy and license and set up to get the plug and play working, which <laughs> which I thought was a little bit, someone seems to have missed, you know, that's the sort of thing that Cisco does and what Viptela says is, we would expect our customers to just connect these things to the internet and then – so we'll put a thing on the internet so they can self-register and self-configure. So there is a question about what Cisco is going to do with this technology. Do they leave it alone like Meraki um, mm-hmm. where it's got some Cisco branding but by and large the product development teams and the products themselves are are, are left alone, just you mm-hmm. know, changed and shined a bit to make it feel Cisco-y but, but under the hood it's, uh, it has been what it was before Cisco acquired them. That is a strategy. You know, another strategy would be for them to do more tight integration. Um, and it seems like there's room for – both of those things, really, because, you know, again, we mentioned the ISR 4000 that's out there. Um, mm. You could imagine a Viptela VM sitting on that box and integrating mm. that way so it feels like a smooth, you know, integrated uh, platform. Yeah, Why not? I don't think so. I think I think you need Viptela to be in the operating system so it knows about the paths. If you start abstracting um, the packets away, then how does Viptela know that the path is sound? If the interface is like, what's the loss on that circuit? Do you need to have the Ethernet interfaces? In other so words, can, can it can it do what it needs to do running as VM, or mm. or you know, as far as monitoring path quality and so on? Is that the question? Yeah, yeah, and also then in the box that's underneath, can Cisco sort of notorious for underpowering its its hardware? And, you know, can the box underneath feed the packets up into a VM and get them back down again mm. at sufficient performance level and low latency so that the L7 functions can be taken care of? That's a question. I'm not really sure of that. Um, well, we can't boy. be. We're not close no. enough to <laughs> Well, I'm trying to think if, we, if we've ever had a uh, some kind of a deep dive that shows us packet paths for VMs. I mean, certainly the VM platform gives you the ability to route traffic. Uh, you know, up into up into and out of that VM in a in a, in a VNF style. That's what it's there for. Yeah. Uh, but what does that do to latency, et cetera? You know, and then there's yeah. Cisco's um, well, a, I mean, NFV this... branch in a box platform mm-hmm. that is optimized for that. I that think perhaps it makes a better fit. 
I think it makes more sense to imagine that iOS would be replaced with what Viptel has developed as an operating system because it's going to be far more modern. And, you know, Viptel has produced a solution that scales to thousands of sites in a few years. It's going to be using modern processes, modern technology, modern software development. And why would Cisco keep its iOS XE, iOS XR? Now, I know they're doing big projects with, you know, to modernize and overhaul and they're deprecating some of the older iOSs and all that sort of stuff. But why would you even keep all that stuff? Because even that is decades old technology yeah, but, but you, yeah 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 but, but you're not you're not thinking about this from a from a you know their their preservation of investment uh, perspective nor the ease of customer adoption perspective in other words if they've got this technology now and say they've got a customer on iwin that's unhappy and mm. they want to keep that customer in the fold they are going to make the move to viptela as simple as possible and if that involves installing another physical device or having to do something um, you know, radically different from what they were doing, that is an adoption barrier potentially where the customer might sit back and go, well, screw you guys. If you're going to make it that hard for me to move to an SD-WAN solution I'm happy with, I can shop anywhere I want um, and they may look outside. So I think Cisco's got a motivation here to make, the, make mm. moving to Viptela technology as simple as possible with as yeah. few barriers as possible. And so if the customer's got an ISR, I think there's going to be a play there to make Viptela work on that box. But then you're relying on a big company to be smart and productive, which is, <laughs> right, you know, that you can take the features out of Viptela and the Viptela developers can go down to the iOS team, which is static and been producing crap code for over a decade. And say you have to put these bits into your engine to work with the Viptela controller. I don't see that happening. I think mm. you need to sort of root and branch your way out of this and say, at the very least, you have to say this is the SD-WAN image if you want to run this device as SD-WAN. But if you want to run it as a legacy iOS device, then you go and get your iOS XR and you know, and you have your legacy mode. I don't see how you can try and so back. So actually, I can argue in favor of that point as well, because one of the, you know, as we interact with uh, you know, a lot of people that are in the community and in our audience, we know that there's concern um, on the part of folks, which of these SD-WAN companies is going to be around for the long haul? And they can go, well, I'm going to switch my WAN Edge model to be something else. And now I get to stay in the Cisco family and do it with uh, with Viptela technology. And so they'll just mm. stay there. So yes, may, maybe you're, that's true. They'll go ahead and switch, stay with so, Cisco because it's Cisco and they're happy and mm -hmm. feel like they've de-risked it and moved on yes. to something new and it's okay. Yeah. Now, the flip side here is that Praveen Akaraju, who is the CEO of Viptela, is a Cisco exec. He's a 19-year survivor of Cisco's internal. He was a senior vice president. That's what he was before he uh, got involved with Viptela, you're saying? Yeah, that's right. So prior mm -hmm. to Viptela, he was the CEO of VCE. Um, and then before that, he spent 19 years at Cisco building and leading every major routing platform business. So if there's somebody who knows where the skeletons are buried inside of the Cisco enterprise networking, <laughs> he would have some sort of insight. Like, And it says here in his um, byline, he rebuilt the strategy and business for the multi-billion dollar ISR and ASR product portfolio. Do you uh, think there was a reason why Viptela hired him? <laughs> well, your, right. I get mean, get your yeah. uh, X Files goggles out and look at that one and say, did they hire him to sell to Cisco so that he would know how to bring? So, so Cisco is kind of like this gladiatorial enterprise combat zone, where once it makes an acquisition, the acquisition has to float or fail on its own merits. So, when you come inside, 
of Cisco, you still then have to go around to all of the divisions that you and form partnerships and sell your the, the game's not over. You didn't just make it because you've still got your two or three year earnout clauses. Cisco's going to pay out bonuses on two to three years. So once Cisco's bought you, you still have to succeed inside of Cisco. And guess what the um, you know the uh, corporate uh, antibodies are going to do to the outsider. <laughs> you know we know how well that's working. That's a great metaphor. <laughs> Right. Well, so, go. so it's, it's, it's good to point out here that there's a couple of companies that notably, very notably, did not get acquired by Cisco. One of those is Glue. Glue Networks mm-hmm. began their history as orchestration for uh, IWAN. That was, now they've pivoted and they are much more than that now. Uh, they are a full-fledged uh, orchestration and modeling solution that's quite powerful, uh, way beyond orchestrating IWAN. Uh, but they they didn't get acquired, and I think that was I think a lot of people thought that that was going to happen because of what they had done. Mm. That uh, Cisco was going to go buy them. They didn't. Uh, mm. The other one uh, then is Velo because there was a mm. Cisco investment in Velo Cloud, and a lot of people looked at that and went, "Hmm, that mm. seems like Cisco's a possible buy acquisition Velo target." Cloud. Yeah, and I I always thought that at the time that Cisco was making sure they had access to data on the market. They wanted to put a you know, it's not enough to just stand back and watch the competitors take away your business. Go and get on the board of VeloCloud and actually know what's happening in the SD-WAN market space. And that's what they did. They bought their way into a position on VeloCloud. But I don't think – see, VeloCloud's very different. It's a pure cloud play in that VeloCloud has pops all over the public cloud network. And then you send the traffic into VeloCloud and they backhaul it across the internet, right? So that is actually like – a right kick in the face to your service providers. So Cisco's <laughs> customers who buy all carrier networks, if you suddenly said, I'm going to divert traffic off your private backbone, you're not going to be too popular with your favorite people, are you? Well, Velo's done all right selling to service providers. Yeah. They certainly have. They sell as managed service providers for mm. those people. But I do think I, I do think Cisco would lean away, for, always felt that Cisco would lean away from buying VeloCloud because it might upset their carrier partners. And that is the biggest part, even is after the enterprise, the second largest piece of its business. So, so another, another question then is, what does this do to the long-term SD-WAN market? You know, to me, like I tweeted out this morning that I felt there's only one juggernaut in the SD-WAN space now, and that's Cisco. They had iWAN, which wasn't doing well. They've bought Viptela. Now they've got – Viptela's got the that, that startup – fear that some people have. I don't want to deal with a mm-hmm. startup. I don't know how long. Gonna be. That's gone. So adoption barrier is gone. Mm-hmm. Viptela, we also know, has scale and pretty fantastic technology. So if you're looking for an SD-WAN play, uh, Cisco and Viptela is obviously where you would start for a significant mm-hmm. number of customers. Mm-hmm. And who else do you look to next? And, uh, and how yep. hard is it to sell against Cisco and Viptela? I think it's going to be – well, I think there's two sides to this. There's the people who are outside of Cisco and then there's the internal parts of Cisco too. We talked about you know, what does Cisco do internally? Is Chuck Robbins going to take leadership and actually strategize how this product fits into the overall strategy or is it just another business unit? Does it look like NCEMI and Meraki who actually – they might be Cisco business – Cisco acquired by Cisco, but they're not actually Cisco. They're hmm. still – I'm the NCME business unit. I'm the Meraki, and they still keep their brand. Well, I think right? NCME less than Meraki as far as that goes these days. I hear NCME keeps getting pulled mm-hmm. in further and further. But but yes, the point yeah. stands. And and I think you know there's been a push to try and bring them in. But you know, and Viptela and Meraki go head to head. Meraki's got SD WAN features built into its platform, although 
focused at a lower end of the market. And again, Viptel is up market. So I don't see there's a, a head-to-head clash. Hmm. But you think about Netscaler, you think about Cato Networks, you think about Big Leaf, Barracuda, Assessor, Elfig, Fatpipe, Glue Networks, Mushroom Networks, New Arch Networks. <laughs> you know, <laughs> Sounds like you're reading off our SD-WAN vendor page. I am. Tele-YP, <laughs> Talari Networks. You know, Talari, you, you know, these people, where do they go from here? How do they... Um, find an exit is it can they build a market like when cisco iwan wasn't so awesome and you know a lot of people looked at it and went you know maybe i need something else and we've had lots of feedback to that except and i do ultimately think that i i think on balance that Viptela is a recognition that Cisco IWAN and Epic EM wasn't working in the branch network space and they were losing it. And the competitors like Riverbed and Silver Peak were starting to crack what branches wanted and were getting serious traction. And I've heard stories of Cisco customers getting 90% discounts and still it's still better to go with somebody else's product. So um, there's so much going on in this space, but you, there's too many of these uh, how can I say it? There's too many SD-WAN companies, surely, for them to survive. They've all got hardware. They have all need to have salespeople. They all need other things. So the question is, where does that go? So I don't know. Maybe Cisco picks them up, some of them, as distressed sale to pick up some aqua hires. Mm-hmm. But otherwise, it's hard to see that there's too many more big exits in the space. I don't even see Juniper buying these companies um, because Juniper, I think, has really turned itself to focusing on its service provider customers and cloud customers. So selling switches to cloud, routers to the cloud. Service providers need switches, but mostly routers. And then there's some enterprise la- data centers that they're winning, um, and that's where their money is. And I think they're pulling back from everything else at this point in time. That could be wrong, but Juniper's never been strong in branch networking, in my view. And haven't made an haven't made much of a play for SD WAN at all. They just don't make can make noises in that direction. So don't well, expect them to their, stand up for that. Yeah, their financial results recently suggested that thirty percent of their revenue comes from what they call cloud business. So mm-hmm, I mm-hmm. see that as selling routers to cloud providers. You know, the Amazons, the Googles I would definitely be buying Juniper routers in my you know the MX series in my view. They don't need to try and engineer those themselves because that's hard. And, you know, cloud switching, they've got some interesting products in the cloud switching around the QFX. So maybe they've had some good successes there. So that makes sense. I don't see them getting into enterprise branch and, as I said, building up a sales network and products and, you know, service and support mechanism is is quite a lot of cash. And Juniper's been saying to the shareholders, we're focused on cost control, we're focused on cost reductions. That getting into SD-WAN doesn't seem right at this point in time for them. And, of course, Brocade's gone away. Uh, Avaya's gone away to Extreme, so Extreme Networks isn't going to rush into the business until they finished locking those acquisitions down as well. You know, so where else do you go? Well, there you go, folks. A quick take from Ethan and Greg about Cisco and Viptel and the acquisition. There, big news in the SD WAN space. So, uh, mm-hmm. if you want to know more from us, go to packetpushers.net and read all about it. We'll be podcasting and uh, writing more about this topic. Over time, and of course, uh, come visit us at Interop, the uh, future of networking, where uh, we'll be covering SD-WAN as well. Mm-hmm. See you then.